Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great one for you. We have Jessie G coming on. She's done some great things. She's doing some great things. And we're looking forward to hearing parts of her story and talking about some music. So, Jessie, are you here? Yeah, I'm here. Hey. And Sandy, are you here? Hi. Uh, yeah, hey. yeah, I'm here. <laughs> we're, we're on phone like y'all, like you are, so we're in like separate rooms. We here. are. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I know we discussed this a little bit before the show, but this is how I always like to start the show with the big elephant in the room. How has COVID affected you and what are you doing to maneuver through it? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed a lot of things. You know, we were like we had talked about earlier, I was hitting my stride with my career and this is going to be a pretty big year for me um, and not being able to tour um, and be on the big stages opening up for some amazing acts has been, you know, it's tough pill to swallow, but we just have to reinvent and do what we can. Um, like a lot of virtual sh- uh, shows on Facebook and Instagram have been happening and it's actually allowed me to get to know my fans in a oh, well. In a more intimate way, I would say, you know, like a lot more connecting with yeah. people individually because it's kind of taking the place of like after a show or at a meet and greet where, you know, you get to mm-hmm. connect with your fans, but you only get to connect to them in like a, you know, your adrenaline's up and you're like just came yeah. off your show. And so it's like a different feeling <laughs> being in your living room and they're in their living room and you're talking during a live show and, you know, messaging and all that stuff. So you know, I've just been trying to reinvent and try to find ways to keep going. And um, there are some places that are, you know, social distance friendly and wide open in, in Florida that mm. we've been playing at. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, given me a, a time to, like, get to know some bar owners in the area that we're in oh, right yeah. now and, um, you know, just play locally, which is awesome because it's kind of bringing me back because we were on the back road playing roots. some huge stages, humbling, you know, in a way. So, yeah, COVID has totally changed a lot, um, and I don't know what the new normal is going to be for us. Um, but, you know, I I feel like no matter what, if, you know, shows are half capacity or if we have to, like, make the audience, you know, everybody spread out or whatever they're going to end up doing, I still feel like there's going to be an appreciation that maybe mm-hmm. we lost before, took for granted, maybe is a better way to say that because being starved of like not having you know live shows and stuff I feel like everyone's feeling the effect of that so I think everyone's gonna appreciate it a lot more (laughs) yeah you know for us I remember you know like I was telling you before the show you know we you know we we set out the the launch show on January 3rd and our goal Mm -hmm. was 80 to 100 interviews and we thought you know if we did 100 interviews first year that would be really awesome Oh, you know, yeah. Very few hosts, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, very few hosts can say they've done a hundred interviews in first year of their show. Yeah, it's amazing. And and when COVID happened, I was like, huh, opportunity. Because I told Sandy, <laughs> yeah. I told Sandy, I was like, you know what? This could be our time to shine. I was like, you know, wow. all these artists are going to need a place to talk. It's like we're going to yeah. give them that. So instead of the goal of being 100, we'll just do as many as we can, and wherever it ends up, it ends up. And because Aww. of that decision, like I told you, you're number 210. 
That's what's been crazy. Wow, that is so – congratulations. And way to, like, step up and, you know, take this and take a situation that, you know, is not ideal and make it, you know, you you just made it even better, which is great. That is – congratulations well, on that. Well, thank you because, you know, again, you know, we can't change the situation. So I was like, you know what, what can we do to do yeah. something? And, again, like I said, you know, we, we could have stayed the same course and all that. But I was like, you know, we'll, 2020 will probably never happen again. This is what, what we're seeing. At least I hope not anyway. But for the most for part, sure, yeah. it probably won't. Yeah. We have an opportunity here like nobody does for what we do. And yeah. I was like, okay, you know, either this year, either this year is going to be, could be really great for us, or it could be just average of what we was actually going for. So I was like, you know what, let's just go all out. Let's just, let's just almost die doing this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And it distracts you too from everything going on, you know, life is about perspective and what you're making of it. Yep. Oh, most mm-hmm. definitely. So before we really dig deep into a little bit of you, um, I always like to start a little light. So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Oh, yeah. So, um, geez, I love the outdoors. Um, (laughs) Very into, you know, the beach and, like, going on hikes. And uh, we're really into working out. We got into CrossFit, like, last year. And we did that for a couple years. I haven't found a new gym yet because the place we were at, we were absolutely spoiled. Um, in North Carolina, and now that we're in Tennessee and Florida, I need to find mm. a new place, but I loved doing that because it was, it kind of reminded me of sports again. Um, oh, wow. And, yeah, just, you know, anything outdoorsy, fishing, obviously. I'm from a commercial fishing family, uh, four generations of uh, commercial fishermen out on the Oregon coast. We catch, you know, Dungeness crab, albacore tuna, um, Chinook salmon, so it's definitely a huge part of you know where I come from and who I am so fishing's definitely oh, well. on that list being on the water period is probably my <laughs> zen my my <laughs> favorite place yeah and and you know that's gonna be you know I've been in Savannah Georgia for basically most of my life I'm 49 now I was 14 when we moved so here. pretty there and and all I've known is that I've been a coastal guy all my life yeah and that's, that's going to be the hardest part because next year we're moving to Nashville. So that's going to be oh, my cool. hardest part. <laughs> yeah, it is so hard. But there's so much more there, of course. To Nashville. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, we have a house in Nashville, and I'm, I'm in Nashville every week. And then in Florida mm-hmm. every week, I just drive a lot. Um, oh, well. I'm actually doing <laughs> one of those drives right now. Uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. we um, – we love Nashville and it's, there really is no place like it. I think it is the coolest city in America and I will always, you know, live by that. It's just such an amazing place. So you're going to miss the ocean for sure, but you won't regret it. You'll love it. <laughs> and you know, mm-hmm. we got an eight year old little boy, which you'll hear from him later. Cause Aww. we always have him ask one yeah. question and an 18 oh, month old little daughter. So between Aww, them two, yeah. I'm like, you know what, Matt, we just need to be in Nashville because there's so much opportunity even for them over other oh, cities yeah. too in Nashville. Oh yeah, of course. Like I think it'd be a great place to raise kids and we're eventually when we settle down after, after my husband gets out of the army, um, mm-hmm. we're probably going to settle down in Nashville, like oh, wow. a little outside of Nashville. I think it's the perfect place yeah. to raise your kids and it's in the middle of everything. So people actually mm-hmm. are able to visit 
quite a bit, which is nice. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Oh, that's great. So what, yeah. what would you say is something quirky about you? Oh, good question. Um, <laughs> hmm. I think that I get made fun of a lot for this, but um, I collect <laughs> weird things like Chick-fil-A sauce. <laughs> I love Chick-fil-A sauce. <laughs> so every time uh, I go yeah. to Chick-fil-A, <laughs> I'm always like, can I have like a ton more? Um, I love it when they give me like a whole bag. Um, and straws, I, I've got to drink everything out of a straw. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't know. I feel like I'm protecting my front teeth or something. That's (laughs) That's me. I do the same thing with the straws. Oh, well, hey, (laughs) it's not just me. That makes me feel better. What's funny is when, you know, California banning straws, Sandy was like, well, I'm glad it's not here. Yeah, right. I, was, I was like, no, they can't ban straws. I have to have one. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you know what? I I bought the pack of silicone straws. Um, oh, yeah. It's not the same, but I'm <clears throat> but I'm trying to be better about just reusing all my straws and stuff. To be honest, right. like, yeah. I cut I cut the Absolutely. plastic one in half so I can, like, get more use out of one. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what That's can be funny. said on our show. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. <No>. Good. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about uh, what – of course, we know you're from Florida. I always say where you're from, but a, kind of a brief backstory of you to kind of help people get to know who you are. Yeah, so I'm actually from Oregon, um, and oh, okay. I'm from a little little tiny town on the coast on the border of California called Brookings, Oregon, um, mm-hmm. and uh, grew up, born and raised um, there. I went to college in Oregon also, so I had never even, like, really left the state of Oregon until um, after college when I had the opportunity uh, in, a, in Portland, Oregon, to open up for Gretchen Wilson. Um, oh, wow. And she, yeah, and she had been somebody I idolized growing up. You know, it was like a singer that was just as much rock as she was country. <laughs> she said oh, yeah, things yeah. that like, yeah, she said things like a, a man would sing about, but it's like a chick singing it. And I was always raised like on the boats with my dad and playing sports with all the boys. And mm-hmm. um, I was raised very tomboy. So because my mom worked all the time. So I would just tag along with my dad. He was a fisherman, super seasonal. So I was able to like do everything with him. And so I feel like that created me. I'm just super competitive and just, a, I'm just a tomboy. But uh, so yeah, yeah, when I, I heard her music growing up, it, it just really like hit home for me. And so I, when I would do talent shows and all that growing up, I'd always sing a Gretchen Wilson song and I'd usually win. Oh, uh. And so I, I just felt very connected to her music. Then um, when we were, I think I just had graduated college and I moved to the nearest city, um, which was Portland, Oregon. So it's like our only city we have in Oregon, really. Um, and uh, she came to town and the local radio station hit me up and they were like, hey, Jesse, like, we'd think that this would be perfect for you if you want to enter in the oh, wow. the bands competition to open up for Gretchen Wilson. And I was like, uh, heck yes. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to win that thing. I'm going to meet her, you know? So, uh, uh-huh. yeah. we, we won the competition and we, um, we opened up for her and it was an amazing show packed house. Um, and after the show, I was like really, uh, trying to just find her and like hang out with her for a little bit. And so uh, we mm-hmm. 
kind of like made friends with her band and they were like, Hey, yeah, come on back. And then we went backstage um, behind the bar. Cause usually when, when you're playing a show, you're parked your motorhome out by the, they say out by the trash cans out, <laughs> out back. Um, <laughs> and so she, she was out there just chilling on a coffee table uh, with her family. And I just kind of waved from across the way. And I was like, Hey, do you mind if me and my family come hang out for a little bit? And they they had bus call at like midnight and it was like 10 uh-huh. p.m. or something. So I was like, oh, maybe we can hang out for a little bit. And so she was like, mm-hmm. sure. Which you know, if you've ever met her, she's super down to earth like that. So <clears throat> she let us come back there and sat down at the table. There was a huge bottle of Jack in front of us, and we we just sang all night. Finished a bottle of Jack Daniels, took some dips, and we just. You know, it was like fast friends. It's like we'd known each other our whole lives. Um, yeah. It was so fun. And she actually ended up pushing her bus call to like four in the morning. So we ended up hanging out like so long. And yeah, I just asked her that night. I was like, hey, I want to do this for a living. I want to be somebody. I want to, you know, I want to mm-hmm. get to where you are. Like, how do I do that? And she's like, record deals won't find you in Portland, Oregon. You got to move to Nashville, Tennessee. And if you move to Nashville, Tennessee, wow here's my email. And I was like, well, shoot, like, all right, let's do this. And like I sold as much crab and tuna and all that as I could. Um, my family has a seafood business called catalyst seafood. Mm-hmm. And I started that like 10 years ago. And so I just took all the fresh seafood we had and I went to a farmer's market, sold all of it, saved up a few thousand dollars and I packed my car and just drove four days out to Nashville and I moved. And It was one of those things where I was just like, you know what, this is an opportunity that is not going to come every, like, it's not going to come around again. I just knew it. So I, you know what, I took that leap of faith and I just moved out and I knew that with or without her, I was going to do it and just give it all I had. So Mm -hmm. first month there was a lot of me just going out to the local riders rounds, going out to bars, like making friends with people. Um, I tried out for Tootsie's, staying downtown for a while um, and did the whole like Broadway circuit. And then the tornado started happening and I had never been in a tornado because I'm from Oregon. So I have no idea what a tornado, like, what do you do? And so I (laughs) sent her an email and I was like, Hey, there's tornadoes. I don't know what to do. And she called me immediately. And she's like, get in your bathtub, put your mattress over your head, like, you know, just coaching me through it. Mm-hmm. She's such a mama bird. And then uh, after that, you know, she was like, all right, and let's get together. Let's write. So we ended up, like, writing a bunch of music together. And uh, some of my favorite songs to this day we wrote that year. And that was about six years wow. ago. And then wow. we did a Kickstarter, and we raised, like, $35,000 to do an album. And then, so we did the album and she produced it, but she wasn't uh, my record label yet. She was just my producer at that point. Mm-hmm. And then she signed me to her label about two years ago. And I started wow. touring and opening up for her and other big artists like Sarah Evans and Leonard Skinner and Bad Company and um, just all the great artists, Dwight Yoakam and just so many awesome people that I've always you know, we've pretty much played on the stage, same stage as everybody I've ever listened to my whole life growing up, which has been an amazing opportunity. That was surreal. And uh, yeah, you know, it's like definitely a dream come true uh, feeling where you're like, pinch me, like this is, 
this is not real. Like, you know, it's crazy. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at now, like a little bit of backstory mm-hmm. leading to where we are now. And I love that. Perfect lead in for the next part because, you know, to get there, though, it was not easy. And I always like to talk about yeah. the other side. You know, a lot of times fans, they see the – they see the glory behind a Blake Shelton, a Miranda, a Carrie, but they don't yeah. see the grind, the sacrifice, oh, man, the yeah. tears that goes along with this type of career because it's different. It's not a not your nine to five career. It's a twenty four seven, no matter which way you look at it. And oh, yeah. so I like to tell a story to help lead us where I want this to go. But back in two thousand fourteen, um, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Still Girls, and at that time, with music, they were full time. And oh, one of the so questions great. I asked, <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> but one of the questions I asked Allison back then was, "What advice would you give an up-and-coming artist?" And I'll never forget what she said. She said, "If your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that and keep music as a hobby." She goes, "Because the moment yeah. you want to be a career, your li- you no longer own your life." She goes, everybody owns a piece of your life, yeah. whether you like it or not. She goes, um, yeah. your friends and relatives, they're never going to understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to uh, holidays, geez. to weekends. Can't go to and any. you got gifts. Yeah. They don't understand. Yeah. And they think, oh, this is my big special day. It's my wedding. And she's like, yeah. they don't understand that you got a gig that day and 50 people are, are, you know, expect you to be there. So yeah. you can't just say no, you can't just because you know a lot of times friend will, friend will think well you can just cancel you, you, then, nope, there's fifty yep. people in the line here you can't just cancel a gig there, a lot of people are depending on that to happen once you've already yeah. booked it <clears throat> and then of course your family has to sacrifice because of your time and all that then on top of all that you're going to have days where it's just miserable to where you're like you know I'm just crap. I got the flu or whatever, but yeah. you got a gig that night. You've got to get on that stage and smile Doesn't matter, like, yeah. <laughs> like it's no tomorrow. But then she added, she said, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, you can't see yourself doing anything else. So he goes, mm-hmm. go all in. That's the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think yeah. of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it. Yeah, that's beautiful. She put it so well. Um, that is a hundred percent. You know, that hits home so hard. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where when I first got into this as a career uh, full time, mm-hmm. which was about seven years ago, that was when I like really was like, all right, this is my career. Um, huh. I didn't realize that I would not be able to make it to almost any wedding, like. weddings are during the summertime and summertime is Mm -hmm. the only time we have to make, to make our living really. And so, you know, that was hard because there has been a lot of friendships that have suffered from when people don't understand, you know, there's not much you can do. Like if if they, you know, and especially for me, because in Nashville to go all the way back home to Oregon is like, it's an entire day of traveling trip. It's more than, six plus hours on an airplane, but then mm-hmm. you have to travel from the airport from, cause the state is so spread out in Oregon. Um, you know, the sacrifices that come along have, it's affected every area of my life for good and, and for bad. You know, you meet some of yeah. your best friends through doing music because you, like you said, um, you know, not many people understand and get it and not many people 
you know, other people in this profession, it's easier to become fast friends yeah. because you just understand the highs and the lows and you're, you know, you're in it together and you can relate. Um, it's, it's so hard because people think it's easy. People look at what I do and they're like, oh, yeah, you're on stage for 45 minutes to an hour, you know, singing. Like, how hard is that? But they don't see literally <laughs> – that is that is almost like the easy part. <laughs> like, the hard uh-huh. part is the blood, sweat, and tears that are happening. Yes, they're, you know, the hours and hours that go into writing, the days and nights, sleepless, going into the studio, recording, um, the disappointments of, you know – just doors getting shut in your face and then having to find the new open doors and the new paths and the people mm-hmm. telling you you're not good enough. And you're, it's pretty much what I like to say to people because uh, I've gotten into heated arguments about whose job, you know, more <laughs> tough. And I'm like, you can't even compare. Like we can't compare. Your job is also tough. My job is also tough. But I like to say, can you imagine drawing a picture painting a picture, like making some kind of art. And then you got to go convince people that that art you made is worth their time and money and they need to buy it. (laughs) Like, can you, if you can go draw a picture and then stand on the side of the road and like convince somebody that that picture is worth them spending their hard earned money to take home with them. And that picture, you know, makes them feel good and they want to hang it up in their home and all that stuff. Then you, Mm -hmm then you have successfully, you can understand where we're coming from. Like we're pretty much putting our diary out there for everyone and our lives yeah. on display for everyone and being like, I hope, you know, I hope you can relate to this and I hope you love it. And I hope my music brings you comfort and, you know, and it's, that does make it one of the most fulfilling careers ever because of mm. that. You can help people in such a way, but you know, it's full of all the ups and downs. Like I've, you know, lost relationships through it and I've had to sacrifice, you know, my own wants and needs in the moment Mm -hmm. for what I know will be best for my career in the long run. I've had to sacrifice not seeing my family for almost a year before. And it's, you know, being a small town girl from Oregon, not ever leaving Oregon and then moving somewhere completely different culturally on the map like in all ways and not knowing a single soul besides one person (laughs) that you know it's it's crazy but at the same time like Mm -hmm. uh yeah like if you have any other any other passions like I feel like almost it won't work for you like if you have any other thing pulling Mm -hmm. you from music I almost feel like yes you can't have a plan b you have to be all in or else it won't work because this job, like they call it a 10 year town, Nashville, like it takes 10 years to really get, yes. And there's a reason why everyone's not doing it because, you know, everyone loves, you know, I mean, people who can sing and stuff, everyone loves, you know, Mm -hmm. singing songs and getting on stage and all that. But there's so much more that goes into it that people don't realize. And I love what you're saying there. And, you know, that's like, you know, when, when you, Listen to a lot of the big artists' interviews. There's always, and the hosts are always taken aback at the answer. It's funny when you watch them. <clears throat> but the hosts, there's always one question that they always ask um, one of the big artists. It's always, if, if, if you didn't make it in music, what would you be doing today? And 90% of them, I'll, I'll, you know, will always answer, 
I would just be a broke musician because I had no plan B. Ninety <laughs> percent uh, says that yep. same answer, and I and I'll never forget one person. I can't remember who it was, but he's and because the host is like, really? How can you? Because you know, in the in the regular world, you got to have a plan B, and they yeah. don't. So so average people don't understand how can you not have a plan B in this day and time. And I remember yeah. one of the artists explained to her says this is what a plan B is. If you have a plan B, when your career gets either stuck or it gets tough and every artist goes through those moments, your plan B will become plan A. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. <clears throat> and you know, and I think that a lot of so times great. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I got it. Um a lot of times though, uh I do think if you do have other hobbies and stuff, you need to find mm-hmm. a way to make them a part of a part of music. So instead of it being Plan wow. B, it's like it it also blends into your music career. Yeah. Oh, I love that. that that's yeah. real. That's a really cool. You know, that's just like with our show. You know, this is our. This, you know, even though it's not making money yet, this is our career. Yeah. We're building a career around being yeah. a host and all that Good with the Chris Sandy Show. And we're all in, you know, we, we've got no plan B. Yeah. I mean, we do side stuff to yeah. try to make money, but outside of that, yeah, it's yeah. like we're not trying to build a double career. We're trying, this is our career. And yeah. so we are on the, you know, chasing that same crazy dream that y'all are, you know, but just a different platform. So we fully get what you're saying. And it's like, you're trying to go forward and you're pushing and you're putting, you know, like I was telling Sandy yeah. one time, um, this is how it feels. You know, you're pushing a boulder up a hill. And you know that the top of that hill, it'll start going down. But you don't yep. – but, but the boulder is so big, so mm-hmm. you can't see the top of the hill. So you don't know yeah. how close to that breakthrough at, at the top is. So you're pushing and pu- pushing and pushing that boulder. And, of course, if you let up some, the boulder will roll yeah. backwards. So yeah. you can't let up until that breakthrough happens. And but but most people get like right at that right at the edge of the hill, and then they back off. Yep, yep. And I'm <laughs> sure too. Everything that's happened this year has made that that hill even higher. For <laughs> True. Oh yeah. <laughs> because you know what? One good thing I think is going to come out of this year, <clears throat> as we go into whatever a new normal will be for next year, the, I think the one plus that I see. You know, you see a lot of people doing these live um, concerts online where people pay five bucks. I was yeah. like, you know what? I bet what's going to happen when concerts come back, artists are going to be smart now to still do the live concerts, but it's going to live stream it where the audience, where people around other places can pay five bucks and get part of it too. Yeah, I, honestly, we've thought about doing that, and I need a good setup to make that happen. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that there's there is a new world of things that has opened up for us that could potentially take a place because we were stuck in this weird thing where as artists we're making money touring and that's like almost it like merchandise we make money on and then touring we make money on but everything yeah. else kind of costs money like you know you have to go on a radio tour that costs a lot of money you have yeah. to um, do all these things to promote a record that costs an extreme amount of money and making your record and all that. And so it's not as common anymore. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, with royalties being, you know, streaming services have taken that away. 
from a lot of yep. our, like us artists because people don't buy your physical CDs at Walmart or Target or everywhere anymore. They just go on Spotify and, and Apple Music mm-hmm. and all that. They hop on. They pay a, a streaming service fee so they get to listen to all your stuff for, you know, we get paid yep. <laughs> not very much money every time that song is played as opposed to people going and buying the album, which you would, you know, you'd make a good amount of money from that. So since that got taken away, I think that this this has brought to light a new way to make money all year round that can be supplemental mm-hmm. to touring and stuff, which is awesome. You know, that's great. That could have, yeah. that can open a door for us musicians that will put us, you know, even higher, like mm-hmm. make it more possible for us to do this for a living because Man, it's so hard. Like you were saying about the boulder, it's not just the one hill. Yeah. It's after you get yeah. up that one hill, you're going to get some downward, you know, easy little break, then there's another hill. Like I can tell you <laughs> momentum is something that doesn't come mm-hmm. around often, and it is the hardest thing to get back. So, you know, you you have to celebrate every little win. You absolutely have to mm-hmm. because you will go crazy. You'll just be like, oh, well, that's not good enough. What's next? That's not good enough. What's next? Like, I, if there's anything I've learned in the past couple of years, I've finally matured mm-hmm. to, to where I can stop and smell the roses during the journey, not, you know, mm-hmm. and look back and also appreciate all the amazing things. If you were to have told me five years ago that I was going to be able to play the uh, big T or AT&T arena, I think, I think that's uh-huh. AT&T. Anyway, in Las Vegas and open up for Bad Company and Leonard Skinnerd and oh, have wow. it literally sold out arena and just, it was amazing. If you were to have told me that five years ago, I'd be like, ah, you're funny. Like, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things you gotta, you gotta be able to really appreciate all the little wins. Like for you guys, you know, mm-hmm. you get a great interview and in. you need to like celebrate that. You need to, yeah. You know, every every mm-hmm. little thing matters. And I, I think that's a big thing, too, that people don't understand is all the little things make the big thing. And by oh, that, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like every radio station that I went to, I've traveled the entire country and done radio tours, so many radio mm-hmm. tours. And every mm-hmm. single little thing, even if it was only 30 minutes and it was only an hour of my time or whatever, like – all those little things build that big pyramid that gets you to the yep. top. And the more foundation that yeah. you build for that pyramid, the less you have to fall down. Like they say, like build it up and do all the hard work because like, then when you get mm-hmm. to the top, you don't have very far to fall when things aren't yeah. going your way. And when, you know, that, that hill isn't as big that you've got to push the boulder up next time, you know? So. Exactly. Right. It's, I, yeah, I, I love I mean, that. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back and play your song, whatever this is, and then we're going to talk about that. How's that sound? Oh, thank you. Sounds great. All right, hang on, hang on the line. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast 
hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. You make me feel 16 again. I haven't felt the way I feel since way back then. I see forever in your eyes. You're my penny in the fountain. You're my wish upon the
really love that song. Yes, great song. <laughs> Thank you. So tell us uh, how that song came together, the story behind it. <laughs> yeah, so one day um, I was headed over to Gretchen Wilson's house, and mm-hmm. uh, Sarah Beth Terry joined us for a songwriting session. And we just sat at Gretchen's um, dining room table, and we were, like, actually complaining about, um, like, the dating scene and and, uh, (laughs) how people are just, you know, like, really weird about labels and commitments, and nowadays Mm -hmm. it's so weird. And then we came up with this idea of turning that into, like, a fun and bouncy and loving thing rather than complaining about it. And, and so we were just like, you know what, like, you know, when you're just so happy and you don't care about the labels, you don't care about anything else. You just want to be with that person and they're all that matters to you. And that's all that matters to you, mm-hmm. not what anyone else thinks or whatever. And so I love it. Cause it's just a really different perspective, love, and just like that easy going carefree kind of thing. So yeah, that's how, that's how that one came about. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. you know we've been married. We've been married almost eighteen years now, October. So you know. <laughs> oh, congrats! That's amazing. <laughs> oh, thank talk you. about goals. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so you know, so we appreciate songs like that. But you know, what? I'll be honest. I am glad I am not in this dating scene nowadays. <laughs> oh yeah, my gosh! I'm glad that. Me too. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so what, one of the things I like to do on the show is, and I don't think that this group of people gets enough love, and I want to change that. You know, everybody sees the artists, but they don't see the PR people. They don't see the managers, producers. or They don't see the team behind the artists. And so I yeah. always like to give the artists a chance to talk about their team. So if you want to take a few minutes to tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Good for you guys for, you know trying to point that out yeah my team is small but mighty um at redneck records we (laughs) have (laughs) yeah we we are and you know uh like gretchen's the kind of person that she's she has a smaller circle but she's like very tight with them so like i love that about her that yeah you know she just if she loves you it she'll take you under her wing and do anything for you um and that's just a really you know awesome feeling to be a part of a team like that and so we have our PR um, girl, her name's Pepper, and she does all, she runs our social media, she handles anything um, with our websites, or, you know, mm-hmm. if we need designs made, or she does a lot of everything. Um, <laughs> she does even more than that, because, you know, we have such a small team. Um, and then we have, you know, people we work with when things are about to release, um, that you know are not all year round but are people that we would go to you know if we were releasing a project or whatever and then we have Mm -hmm. another guy who's there full-time and he does he wears all kinds of hats and his name is Bob Mitchell and he's like a record promotion guy but he does everything like he does a lot of management stuff and all that like him and Gretchen kind of tag team my management um so they're both kind of my man like they step in as a management role when I need it because I'm technically my own manager. Um, But when it comes to bigger things, like when CMT debuted my videos or (laughs) when, 
Um, We were, you know, needing a hookup with me going on the road with Sarah Evans or, you know, a few other people that I needed to be like on their schedules and touring and stuff. They always step in and they Mm -hmm. try to help out. And um, when it comes to just setting up meetings and, you know, schmoozing some of the people and streaming services or whatever, you know, Gretchen handles that. So it's like a small but mighty team. Yeah. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. shout out to them. They work so hard. And I just know that I'm in good hands, not just with my business, but also like, you know, personally, they're there for me as family and they've become family. It's crazy. You know, I've had a really hard year this year. It's been Mm -hmm. a roller coaster of a year personally. I've gone through a lot of like hard things and they were the first people besides my parents that I called when, you know, things weren't good because I'm like, Hey, Mm -hmm. you know, things just aren't great. And I'm not like, we, we actually got COVID and got over it, got through it. We're good now, but yeah, it was not fun, but you know, here, yeah, it was, yeah, not fun, but we were able to like be honest with them because they're family and, um, you know, it's just so nice to have, you need to have a strong support system around you because that Mm -hmm. is the only way you can do this. You can't do it alone. Um, you can't do it <laughs> alone. You need a, you need, it's not. And, you know, the people who have that mentality, um, it makes me sad when people think, like, it's a competition and there's only room for one person at the top because that's not mm-hmm. true. There's so, especially nowadays, there's so much room for every type of person and and yeah. all types of music. Like, you know, look at all the platforms we have access to. We can reach all the people, you know, and mm-hmm. – it's just pretty beautiful. So, yeah, shout out to my team. They do a great job. I love them. I love that. You know, like I told you before the show, we're kind of family affairs show, so we always allow our 8-year-old to yeah. come on and be a co-host and ask oh. one question. <laughs> so he, Sandy's going to get him on yes, real quick. Yes, I'll go <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, our 18-month-old daughter, of course, she don't know it yet, but she's going to be plugged in down the road. When she gets old enough. Oh, good. <laughs> Why can't we to actually meet you guys and meet them? <clears throat> yeah, that would be great. Like I said, next year we're planning on moving out to Nashville, so or at least Nashville area. Maybe not Nashville itself, but one of the outskirts. <laughs> yeah, well, let me know when you get into town, and we'll go out for a drink or dinner or something. Sounds good to us. Oh, that sounds great. And here's Christopher with his question. Hi, Jesse. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Does brownies count? <laughs> I love brownies, or I love uh, our family's canned tuna. Mm. And what's yours, little Chris? Pizza. Ooh, pizza. What kind of pizza? Pepperoni and sausage. Oh, yum. Do you put ranch on it? Hmm. Sometimes <laughs> I have to eat my pizza with ranch. I'm weird. <laughs> Sounds good. Bye. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> have a good day. <laughs> you know, we we eat a lot of um, Little Caesars pizza, and I, and oh, I'm like, you yeah. know, what? we just need to go to Little Caesars and make them a spot. <laughs> see if there'll be a sponsor because he could then oh, my say. Gosh. Because then he can then say, yeah, yeah. When, when we ask, what's yours, little Chris? Little Caesar's Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect. It's a good little plug, but it's true, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. true, too. So, and, and what's funny about that, 
is the other day we pulled up to my dad's house and we had a little Caesar's pizza, and our 18-month-old um, said pizza pizza, and I'm like, we Sandy and I were like, <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> yes, the first <laughs> pizza pizza. You can't fake that. We're sitting there, we're sitting there yeah. like, oh my god, I wish we were recording that. <laughs> I she love knew that. exactly what it was, and she couldn't wait to, to get a little bit. <laughs> I love that. That's adorable. <laughs> so, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Ooh. Dang, you guys have good questions. Um, well, thank you. If I could co-write with anybody... um. Well, I already conquered one of my idols, so you know she's. <laughs> I can't. I can't make her yeah, regret you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Dixie Chicks. I'd love to write in the room with all of them. That would be great. Oh, wow. oh, or uh, Janis mm-hmm. Joplin. Janis Joplin oh, would be fun be cool. to write with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's one alive and one not alive for you. <clears throat> there right. you go. I love that. Um, so what's a song out there and you, there's probably a thousand answers to this one but what's it but so just think of what comes to mind what's a song out there where you thought I wish I wrote that oh so many uh, <laughs> man you know the house that built me is so beautiful um, uh-huh. a lot of people give that yeah. answer to that one yeah, one of the most popular answers on that question. Yeah, that I mean, just it's so well written and just beautiful and mm-hmm. in every way. Um, mm-hmm. Also, uh, someone like you, Adele. That's I the oh, melody wow. on that song. I'm like, oh, I wish I wrote that. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> yep, that's cool. So this past yeah. February made the five year anniversary that we asked. Kelsey Ballerini, where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the artist that same question because I want them to think before they answer. Um, but we asked her that question, and I and the answer she gave us five years ago is almost to the T of where she, what she's living right now. It's amazing to oh, watch. That's so cool. That 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 she knew where she was going and she went after it. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do you want to be in five years? Oh, man, five years. That personally or career-wise or all of it? It could be both or all of it, you know, however you want to. Yeah, all of it. Mm-hmm. Five years. In five years, I would love to have a number one. Uh, That'd be awesome. Country, country, but then crossover to at least rock or, you know, even all genres. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to, um, have our forever home by then. So we're like settled in Tennessee, (laughs) but still have our, still have our condo in Florida to escape to, but, um, you know, have, have our forever home. And, you know, I just want to, by five years, I want to have at least two or three more albums out and have written all of them, at least the majority mm-hmm. of all of them, mm-hmm. have written them myself mm-hmm. and be back in the best shape of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I want to be in five years. The number one, three albums, and, uh, you know, doing well 
personally too. I love love that. So let's say you look down the road and let's say that whatever you know, whether it's ten years, fifteen years, your success on a big scale, whatever that looks like, you're there. Let's say that you can meet your future self. What would you say to her? <clears throat> so, so I'm the past talking to my future self right now. Yeah. Instead of the other, because you know everybody always asks, what would you say to your past self? I like to go yeah, to yeah. the future because that's not happened yet. So, where, what would you say to your future self? I would say. You know, you got through some of the hardest times of your life, and it it made beautiful art, and you survived, and you are strong, and don't ever forget that. And, uh, you know, make time for the ones that you love the most, um, even if it takes an extra few minutes out of your day to text back or call back. Um, And, you know, <clears throat> really just cherish all the little wins and stay humble. Stay humble and remember what remember where you came from. That's what I would tell my future self. That, that's awesome. And, and one of the reasons I go that way c- compared to everybody else is I think it's important for people to think about what they would say to their future self because then are they living that right now? That's really the whole point yeah. of this. Yeah, yeah, that's just great. To make, make them think. Very introspective. Just to make them think, you know, to, so that they can yeah. have that perspective that if they're living that right now, they will get to that future self. Definitely, that's that's beautiful. <clears throat> so let's say you had a friend of yours, and let's say you heard him or her sing, and let's say they they definitely have something special. They have that it factor that everybody talks about. Uh, it's not just fluff. And let's say they've played maybe. 50 shows, 40 shows, so they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side, but they've gotten on stage, and they got what every artist says, that stage bug, where they look over the crowd, and the crowd's roaring for them, and they just know that they're in the right place, and they come to you, and they say, Jesse, I know that this is what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Um, I would say keep working hard and don't lose that feeling. Um, you know, things are going to get really hard, but just remember that there's always rainbows and sunshine after the storm. And I promise if you keep mm-hmm. working really hard and you keep your close group of support system around you and you just take time for yourself to love yourself and um, to really live life, it will it will add to your music. It'll add to your performance and just who you are as a person because the crowd crowd sees character right away when you step on the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and just don't give up. Like things sometimes seem like they're at a standstill, but really God's working in your favor and He's like mm-hmm. creating this grand plan that you don't yep. even know. And then you know, <laughs> in a month you could have a huge hit that you never even realized a month ago was possible. So just don't give up and always believe in yourself because at the end of the day, if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will believe in you. And you just always have to believe in yourself. You know, you're talking about God's grand plan. I love that because um, when Cindy and I first married almost 18 years ago, 
I remember I was one of them people that wanted to be a speaker. That was that was that was where I felt like God was leading me at that time. Yeah. Sandy wanted some way in music, and and you know I was one of them people that would listen to audios all day long. She listens to music all day long. So <laughs> there we are. We get married. We're in a car. What do we do? We had to eventually compromise, <laughs> and we we kind of listened to fifty percent mm-hmm. of my stuff, fifty percent of her stuff. But uh-huh. I always joke that she brainwashed me in all this music stuff because um, <laughs> now I'm all in. And it's funny because here it is. We've probably launched 100 different business ideas in our marriage that all failed, <laughs> but they worked long enough <laughs> yes. to keep us going to go, right. to, to, go to this, this point, to that point, to that point, wow. to that point, to then all lead us to a point to where now it may not be the platform I thought. That God was leading mm-hmm. me, but it's a platform that God gave me, the, um, where I That's still get beautiful. to speak. Sandy still gets her music, all under the banner of Chris and Sandy Show. Wow, that's amazing. <clears throat> and you know, we're doing let, it together. Let, let God lead you there. <clears throat> yeah, because we didn't know it would take eighteen years, but you know, here we are. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> <we're> so <laughs> you know, and we we actually yeah. launched into the music stuff back in 2013. So even though the mm-hmm. show is only eight months old, just crossed eight months yesterday, we've been doing this for seven years. So although some people would see some people we find our thing is like, man, you know, how are they doing this so quick? They went, oh, this has been a seven year journey with music wow. and stuff. You know. It, it's just the show's been eight months, but people don't see that. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> just like an album is 10 years. People don't see that. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You know, that overnight yeah. success is always 10 years. Yep. Oh, man. You just got to – I mean, that's why, you know, doing what you love isn't isn't easy because it's all the, mm-hmm. the things you don't get paid for. And you got to build up and just keep on – working hard and then finally it, it's like whoa i have a career out of this now it's it's working you know yep exactly mm-hmm. i love that <clears throat> so as we come to a close of this last question what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask but they kind of never do oh i don't know i mean i, I feel like uh, <laughs> <laughs> i guess what's your biggest influence personally when you write your music, something like that. Well, what is yours? I would say my husband, I would say he's my muse. Um, oh, well. You know, when you, when you're in love with somebody so much easier, I never wrote love songs until I met him. Um, <laughs> oh, cool. And <laughs> I feel like, you know, that, that person or whatever is your muse and inspires you, you know, what is that? And I would say my love for music, period, and, and my husband. So as we end this here, tell us a story. And you probably got thousands of these, but a, a husband story to where he, he went above and beyond on something where you realize, wow, he really gets that this music is my passion. Oh, man, there's been so many things, like little things that added up to just uh, the big stuff. Um, he knows every word to every one of my songs um oh, wow. when before we were even dating before we were mm-hmm. even dating that's a reason why i was like ooh cuz he was like hey you should play the moving on song and he knew all the words to it um <laughs> and he was just he's a lover of music 
but he's not mm-hmm. a musician and that's something that's re- like a really compliments our relationship because like he's so honest and real with me when I play him a work demo tape or you know I write a song and I show him he will be like babe that's like amazing like you need to that one needs to be on the album or he'll be like oh well I think you know this part could use some work and I love that honestly <laughs> because like oh, he's wow. not just tooting my horn mm-hmm. trying to make me yeah. feel good about my music mm-hmm. like he's in it and he's He's very organized and I am not. So like this weekend we're playing we're playing some shows and he's like created an entire like scheduled out timesheet for what we're gonna do this weekend. So wow. I really appreciate him. I tell I tell him, I'm like, after the army, maybe you should be like a tour manager or something. You'd actually do a good job at it. That would be so, awesome. Yeah. Because yeah. that's something that we have loved about being around the music. Because we've been a 24-7 couple since the day we married. And we could never wow. find people that that thought that idea was cool. Everybody always put us down for that. Until oh, yeah. music. Oh. No way. It's that amazing. Sucks. It's been amazing. Because, of yeah. course, we've been called unhealthy. We've been called oh, to yeah. trust each other. What? We've been called every name in the book for being a 24-7 mm-hmm. couple. And... So wow. here it is with the music. There's been so many people that we've interviewed who are married, who who they're pretty much a 24/7 couple too. Where because their yeah. spouse kind of is part of their team, and we're like, yeah. we found our people finally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they get us. <laughs> That's it. Yes, exactly. I think you have to you be know? with the personality that you have to be in this business. I think that that's just mm. how we're wired, you know? Yeah, I mm-hmm. love that. So if you, if you want to tell everybody how they can reach you, that would be awesome. Yeah, if you uh, just want a one-stop shop, you can go to jessiegmusic.com, and that's got everything on there from my uh, social media pages to my merch shop to my tour dates, all that. Um, and if you do Instagram, I love the gram, uh, I'm at <laughs> Jesse G official, J E S S I E G official. Um, if you do Facebook, I'm on there. Uh, Jesse G official on Facebook. If you can't find me through just typing in Jesse G, um, Twitter, I'm at Jesse G underscore music. And yeah, I would say that all the pages I post differently on each page. So, you know, I do like, huh. if, if you want to keep tabs on everything I'm up to, I would say, go give me a follow on all of them. Send me a message. Say hi. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to meet new people. So, yeah. Love that. And we really enjoyed having you on the show today. And we definitely we look forward to having you back down the road. Oh, thank you. And yeah, I hope I can meet you guys when you move to Nashville. That'll oh, be absolutely. great. We look forward to that. Look forward to it. Yes. So cool. <laughs> all right. You have a well, blessed day. You too. God bless you guys. Stay safe. And, uh, yeah, you're son is absolutely adorable and good luck with the kids and you know good luck with your move to nashville i promise you won't regret it thank you we'll oh, be watching your so career much. that's for sure we will oh, be thank yeah. you guys right, you have <laughs> a great day you bye. too bye thanks bye <laughs>